So we've established a process, step number one, and we begin to inculcate that into our ministry, teaching people. First, we teach them the basics, because the basic, these things here are part of the process of doing the planning. You can't plan until you know this, till you learn this. Then, secondly, we envision. So we envision what it is God speaks to us about, however you can get that. But we just went to the mountain. We learned some things about how you can crystallize, clarify, see things more clearly, project things more clearly on your mental screen so that they will come to pass. And you can communicate them to others as succinctly and as clearly as you possibly can so they can run with it. We're going to do direction setting tomorrow morning, so we'll talk more about that when we get to that point. But the next step is number three. And I'm not writing these on the board, but uh, I think it'll save time if we just, if we just uh, well, let me get them up here. Number one is process. Process. Number two is what? Envision. Number two is envision. Number three is input. Input. What's that? You need input. What kind of input? Wise counsel, understanding, common sense, knowledge. And again, not to, you're going to meet with your wisest counsel. At, for some of you, your wisest counsel will be right here. For some of you, you proceeded on or progressed on to where the counsel you need will outstrip this group. And I don't have time to explain that now, but in the advanced training, I will. But the wise council then becomes an executive council that's here, an another team that you had. I said you run your whole ministry from one meeting with one team. But, it, but as you grow and build, you're going to need another team because these are your line officers, these are your builders, these are the ones who are going to make it happen on a regular basis but then it's going to become more strategic. It's going to be the issues are of greater significance, greater magnitude, more macro, and you're going to need a higher level of counsel. It's going to be more strategic counsel, and this is going to be more implementation. So these would be like the line officers, and this is the wisest counsel. So this, these are people that can help you wade through macro issues like the finances, like huge expenditures, like our policies and procedures, increases, salary increases, legal issues, all of those types of things, administrative matters. And some of the, do we, do we spend this much money? Do we buy that property? How are we going to get funding for that property? And you're going to need to surround yourself with, with wisdom that's going to outstrip the wisdom here. This is not a negative or a commentary on these people. But these, you're, now you're tapping into the wisest counsel you can get, your executive counsel. They're not, they're not implementing. They're not building the ministry on a daily basis. But they're giving you the kind of counsel you need so that you feel comfortable with decisions because you've gotten good facts, good counsel, wise counsel good understanding, different perspectives. And we need that. We need different perspectives. We, we discussed that. Conf healthy conflict. So you're going to be in that meeting and your team at that meeting. 
you're going to get wise counsel. And you're going to be talking about, should we spend $50,000? That'll be big for some of you. For some of the rest of you, some of you, it could be $5 million. Should we do it? Well, you need the wisest counsel around you. You can look at where we are, where we stand, what are the projections, and they'll give you some counsel on that. And so you're going to have, you know, whether it's 50 or 5 million, and you're sitting here and you got your wisest counsel around, and this person is saying, should we spend it? Whatever the amount is. It varies by ministry, but it, it's proportionally important. So this person is saying, it says faith out there on the sign, you know, so let's use it. Let's go for it. Come on, pastor, let's exercise your faith, and let's go. I say go for it. And the guy over here is saying, hey, I heard that faith speech before, and we couldn't pay our bills for six months and almost ruined our credit. And you're listening to all this, and you're taking it to the mountain. But that's why you need the wisest counsel you can get. I, I, can't, I don't have time to do that now, but I do want you to know. So when you come down off of the mountain, you go where the wisest counsel is. Step number three, input. So you would be going here, if that's the wisest you have right now, and then eventually, when we talk about this, for some of you, or you can find out about that at the interim training. Get here, he'll tell you how that works. He tells you how, he'll tell you what, the, what their agenda is and how it differs from the agenda that, that I've already described. And he'll tell you all the components of it. You know, when, do we go into media ministry and spend millions of dollars? Well, we need some good counsel on that. So you can get that at the interim training. They, these guys know about that. So, but when you come down off the mountain and step three to get input, you're going where you can get the wisest counsel first. And your wisest counsel needs to hear about it first, your mountain experience. They need to hear it first. You don't tell your wisest counsel or your A team there, your executive leadership team, about where we're headed and what we're doing with everybody else. That doesn't make sense. Because what happens is, well, first of all, it's disrespectful. Secondly, it's not giving them uh, any accreditation for their position. And so, you, you know, then they're sitting in a meeting and they're hearing it along with everybody else. What do you suppose happens? You leave the room and everybody else goes to them and says, what was that all about? I don't know, you know, but get happy, you know. <laughs> so they need to know up front. But you need to know not whether they agree with you and how you can hear from God, but they're going to hear from God too, remember? God speaks to both of us. So you're, they're going to, it may be seasonal. Pastor, you know, are you sure? Because did God say specifically when? No, he didn't. He just said this. Well, I'm concerned, you know, because what we're going to need to do prior to doing that is line this up. Well, you need to hear that. Because you're now going to step forward. You're going to cast the direction. But let's make sure that it's direction that we can live with and a direction that has all the counsel we can apply to it. So you're going to get input from your most trusted advisor. And so that makes sense to you. I don't want to spend, I don't want to camp out here. But you're getting input. Again, not to challenge what you heard. We're, we're all working with the same Holy Spirit. So there's going to be unity here. But there may be different perspectives on the same thing. And that's what we need to, to formulate before you cast the vision to the rest of the people. Number four is direction. So based on that input, based on the wise counsel, understanding, knowledge, facts, you're gonna, they're going to be sharing facts. 
They're going to be sharing their perspective, what they see and think and feel. You may even have said to them, I want you to spend some time at the mountain. Some pastors say, here's your assignment. Before I go to the mountain, I want to know what you think we're going to do, where we're going. What's God speaking to you? More often than not, pastors don't like to do that. I don't, because I don't want that to interfere with hearing from him directly first. It's your call. There's, I don't know that, just do whatever works best for you. Either one would, would work, but do what works best for you. But then when you, certainly, when you come, it'd be good to give them that assignment simultaneously, or when you come down, give them that, and that, that would be a depth charge kind of question. If you were me, what would you do with the ministry going forward? What are your priorities? Ask them that. Let them start thinking more like you have to. Thinking big, that's how you cultivate generalists. They get out of their little specialty and start thinking about the ministry as a whole and caring about the ministry as a whole. So direction is number four. And so you formulate the direction based on the input. So now you have to take time to formulate it. And so you crystallize it so you can communicate it now. And you establish the priorities and so forth. Okay, then number five is finance. Number five is finance. And what we're now having to do here, you went to the mountain, God talked to you about the finances, but you are now, if this is the annual calendar, here's your Here's the year, January through December. And these represent quarters. And you're going to be going to the mountain, ideally. You're going to be going to the mountain, the one we just spent time talking about, going to the mountain here at the end of September. So right here, you'd be going to the mountain. Once you get this thing going on an annual basis, now, it doesn't, if you've never done this before, it doesn't matter when you go to the mountain. And, and this is important. Don't get on a rigid schedule that we have to start January 1st and I have to back it all up and get... No, you could start now. And forget about getting it on January 1st. It may take longer to plan it. it may, in the future, it might take a month or a month and a half to do this right. But initially, it might take three months because we haven't done it before. We're not very good at it. People don't know how to establish goals and strategies and do this. They've never done it before. So it's going to take longer. The important thing is not get on some rigid timetable initially, but teach people how to do it and do it right. And it's going to take a couple times around the tree before we get it, before people get comfortable with it, before you get comfortable with it. So, but what are we doing here? You're going to the mountain, and before we have our annual strategic planning advance with all the leadership, we have to talk about, like I said earlier, the money. And again, you're going to be meeting with your highest level of wisdom wherever you're going to get the fi best financial wisdom, but you're going to be at nine months of the year done. So the whole year isn't done. You don't know where you're going to end up, but you're going to have a pretty good idea because nine months are over. And you can have to, now you're going to have to make a three-month projection. 
And that will be harder to do if you've never done this before, if you don't have any key indicators, you have no benchmark information. But as you go each year and you track the data and you get the key indicators, then you're going to have benchmark information. It's going to be much easier for you to sit down with your team. Let's see the, what's been the pattern. Of course, a year like this is going to throw it off big time. The income, we don't know. We don't know how that's going to affect things. So then we have to have some contingency plans. So we're going to have to check it more frequently to make sure that we don't get too far afield here with, with our uh, expenditures, expenditures and, and outstrip the income. So that's what we're doing here is making year-end projections. And you have to have a budget. And I love what one pastor said. It doesn't matter how big you are, you've got to have a budget. If you have a family, and, or you're, <laughs> if, you, if you're just living alone, you better have a budget. Okay, so we don't have to wait till we get big and have a budget. Amen. You need one when you start, or start now. But you're going to, you have nine months of actuals here. All the key indicators, attendance, giving, trends, and year, year trends. We, we see certain things take place at different times of the year. We start to get better at making assumptions. That's what they are, is assumptions but we can make year-end projections more clearly with data. So that's what you do. And you may be doing that with your ELT, but then you may have to be doing that with your executive council as things get bigger and more magna magnanimous. And so you need higher level of council on things of that nature. But we have to, have, we have to know where we're going to end up the year so we know how much we can apply to the new year. And you're going to look at it from all the different perspectives. Tithing on the tithe, giving to missions. How are we going to, if we're going to have priorities, we're going to prioritize the expenditures. If, that, if it be that case, we're going to have to put the more expenditures on certain priorities. Some things don't require any more expenditures. Some things require quite a bit. So you're going to work. I don't have time to do that either. They can teach you in the interim training about that if you raise the question. So we have to know where we stand in order to project how we're going to function in the year to come. So now we have to have this, I already covered this, but we have to have this finalized because we're now going to, we're going to start the planning process here next. So we have to know what the organization is going to be so we can keep it there as long as we can. We covered that. Number seven, advance. So now we're at the beginning of October and on a, on a regular schedule, we're at the beginning of October, and we're at the annual strategic planning advance. Number seven, the advance. Strategic planning advance. We're going forward. We're going the distance. We're moving out. We're not backing up. We're advancing. It's not a retreat. We're not retreating from anything. We're advancing. You can call it a retreat if you want. It's probably not going to make a whole lot of difference, but you might as well call it what it is. We're advancing. So the strategic planning advance, what is that? That's the most important meeting of the year and the most important address that you, the CEO, give other than what you bring from here with this word of God. Nothing more important than 
what you do up here with the Word of God. But second most important thing is this meeting right here. This is not a lecture. It's a state of the ministry address that kicks off the strategic planning advance. It's a state of the ministry address. Most important talk of the year other than what happens here in the pulpit. So a strategic planning advance. What is that? Well, it looks like this. And depending on the size of your ministry or depending on the extent of your volunteers, it could be the essence of two days. But if you're a larger ministry, it would probably be three days. Now, when you get more sophisticated at this, people understand the process, less training is involved, it can be cut back. But it, now, you, you, you're not going to be able to get your volunteers together for three days straight. They're getting to go to work. And so that, do, that doesn't work. But you're going to get the equivalent of two or three days, whatever you can do. So in other words, it could be um, three consecutive Friday nights from 7 to 9 or 7 to 10. It could be a, couple, a Friday night, an all-day Saturday, you have to design it. You have to figure out what works for you. But we need time to do this right. And that's what I want to I emphasize. So initially, you know, give it what you can. But what do we do here? Okay, here is where the CEO, the senior pastor, or the head of the ministry, gives the state of the ministry address, the thing I just described. The past, just like the State of the Union address, the past, where we are today, and where we're going, the charge. And we share the mountain with them to the degree that you can, to the degree that you're comfortable with their level of maturity and confidentiality. Okay? If, these are, if we built a kind of partnership and trust level here, then you're going to be able to share more and be more transparent with them. You're going to be able to share with them what God told you you needed to change. And that's one of the greatest ways to impart change into the ministry, when you admit you're changing and you expect them to do likewise. Obviously, that's received greater in a, in a, in a greater fashion. But you have to decide how much you can disclose. Obviously, you want to be as transparent as you can because the more they know, the more they understand, the more they understand why and what God is saying and how he said it and what the challenges are and what God spoke to you and where our dysfunctions are, the more you communicate that, the clearer they're going to be and the better they're going to be, be able to operate and the better decisions that they're going to make. So over time, we want to we be as clear and as succinct and as exhaustive as we can. This takes the minimum of a half a day. And pastors say to me, what? Forget it. No, no, no. And a lot of times they'll retain me to facilitate a advance like this, a strategic planning advance. And they'll say, no, I don't, I don't need that much time. No, you take it up here when I'm sitting out there. I don't, you know, why is that such a big problem all of a sudden? So I say, no, you, you, I'm not doing anything until you've done that. Two and a half, three hours minimum. 
because it takes that long to do it right, to do all the things, the past, and do it, do it. You've got to cast the vision and what? Make it plain. And you've got to recast it. And you've got to reemphasize it. You've got to re-etch it in them. And then you've got to bring clarity to where, we're he- where, where we are and what we need to change and what our priorities are and then where we're going and give the charge and you share the scriptures, the things God's been speaking to you. Take your time to do this. It's the most important time. It's not a lecture. It's not look sharp, be sharp. It's a time of impartation. And this is critical. They have to hear your heart. Let them hear your heart. Let them hear your heart. Talk to them. Take the same godly communication and bring it down to them now to the extent that that they have the maturity to deal with it and build the maturity if they don't. So that's what you do here. Okay, so that gets the thing jump-started. Now what? Well, then we have to spend this time here training and developing them to do this. We have to teach them how to plan. We have to teach them what steps, how do we do it? So how does this process work? So a directive comes down into the ministry. It goes down into the funnel here. And then it gets directed down line like this, as deep as the ministry goes. But what we're doing here is we're going as deep as we can and the plans are being developed down here, all the way down here. The direction comes down and the answers or the plans come up. And so the planning is being done at the lowest team level that you have. So the direction flows down from the mountain through you with input, formulate the direction, and then you are giving the state of the ministry address or you're telling them what it is we're going to be doing. And then you're going to be turning them loose here in step eight. But you can't turn them loose till you've told them how to do this this process and we're gonna we're gonna massage this more tomorrow we'll, we'll kick off in the morning and we'll do we'll we'll finish this up a bit and I and then I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you I, I, we, I can't I can't let you out without doing the two most key skill or art form performance levels that you must have to get to the next step and that would be direction setting and confrontation conflict resolution and you say oh boy yeah I mean you're going to bump into some resistance here people aren't going to want to change this is not Christian stuff (laughs) no way this ain't Christian this ain't church the way I know it pal (laughs) yeah you're right it isn't and we're not doing that anymore your way but we're gonna we're gonna teach them how to do this and then we're going to, tomorrow we're going to learn about the forms that we'll use. And we'll break it down. And I'll show you in the first hour how we do this. But we have to teach them how to do this. We have to teach them how to plan. And everybody has to know how to do this because they're going to go all the You're not going to be there. And your A-team won't even be there if we have a team down here. So it's going to be planned down line. So the direction goes down at this meeting, at this meeting becomes very clear and this may be one time when you have it on a piece of paper I get asked that all the time well if you give direction and then shouldn't you you know type it all out 
and shouldn't you develop, you know, an exhaustive uh, list of things you want? And No, they just take notes. Why are you going to punish yourself like that? Let them take notes. Get it right. You don't have to do all that. But this case, you could have. And some put together some really nice booklets. And, it, and, it, and that's very helpful for people because you're casting the vision and you want to make it plain. You're not telling them how to do the job. You're not telling them how to do, execute what you heard. That's not your job. Your job is to direct it clearly. That's why we're going to talk about direction setting tomorrow. But your job then is to turn them loose. But you have to learn, they have to know how to do it. They have to know what, how, what the forms are and how they fill them out because you're going to have to approve these plans. You're going you're to commission them when they come back up. They go, they, the, it goes down into the organization as deep as you can go. And then the plans are going to come back up, but they're going to get approved on by, by the level of authority here, by the chain of command. In other words, they're not going to be planning all this stuff down here, five times five, 25 things, and then these people are just going to turn them into you and say, yeah, here's what they did. You know, looks a little shaky to me, but good luck, Pastor. No, every, when, it co when it comes up here, it gets approved by this person right here. And until it's approved by that person, it doesn't go any further. So these people have to think like you. And they have to know what you will approve because of the, way, the direction you've given, the expectations you've established. And then it will come back up here to Aaron, who then will turn it into you and say, like, this is my work. This is, this is what... And, and Aaron may consolidate these things. He's not going to hand you reams of stuff but you know get, let me let me give you some hope well first of all let me let's let's just be honest this is necessary but nobody really likes it you know it's kind of a pain in the neck really i mean let's just get honest it is i don't like it but it's you got to do it and that's why i spent so much time at the beginning because we got to do this you've got to do this but done right it becomes it becomes fruitful, it becomes freeing, and it becomes extremely productive. But when you get to a level of some of the ministries that you heard testimonies from up here, then it, it comes up to somebody up here, somebody or somebody's, and they've worked it all out so that 95% of it is presented to you and it's right on the money. So you're not whipped to a frazzle trying to deal with you know, 25 forms and all these little dimensions and stuff. No, you're going to have somebody that's going to be approving it for you and then coming to you and saying, here's, these are, in my opinion, these are all approvable with the exception of this and this, Pastor. And I, I'd like, I, I, my recommendation is that we do not do this or that we do do this, but I want to make sure. That's what I'm not certain about. What do you think? And you're going to have people like that someday. So it's not going to be a life sentence here. But you're going to have to have a lot of heavy lifting initially because we've never done this before. And, and, uh, but it is rewarding. You have the capability to do this. Now, you can't do it all at once. You're sitting there saying, oh, my gosh. You know, look at the thing. You know, it ain't even done yet. And... And then we got the advanced training. You know, this is just basic. But 
you can do this, but just one step at a time. One step at a time. You begin to apply it. And if you come to these implementation trainings, the ones here, the ones in Boston, the ones in Houston, the ones around the world, wherever you can get to, wherever you are, you come to those in implement implementation trainings, you can ask questions. This is a talking head. They don't entertain a lot of questions here. I'm trying to impart. I'm trying to pour into you as much as I can in a limited amount of time. But when you come back to the interim trainings, when, and you come back to the advanced trainings, then we answer questions. We have a plan. We always come in with a plan. We always know what we want. We have a subject matter. We're going to get the Holy Spirit directs what we're going to. But if, if you have a need, then it's more important that your need get met so that you don't go home hurting and needing. So that's, take, get on this, capitalize on this. It all starts to build your comfort level, but do not be overwhelmed. You must have a point person on every team. There has to be somebody accountable for developing the plan, ultimately accountable for developing the plan with a team.